Well, all right. We are in the fourth week of a series called Enlighten. And if you remember, the word enlighten is just a word that means to shed light upon, to bring light into a situation. So what we said, and what we said for four weeks, is that God has specifically placed you and I here for the purpose of enlightening our world. That God has not randomly placed you and he doesn't light lamps or light uh, up lights and put them underneath bowls, but he puts them in very specific, very intentional places. And he lights them up. That they would spread light all throughout the darkness. And that's what he says about your life and about mine. And the Bible teaches this all throughout Scripture. That you were put here, that you would make a change and make a difference And it's what the church and what the Christian movement has been doing ever since it was formed upon the resurrection of the Savior. And so uh, all throughout the Bible we see Christ uh, teaching echo this, that Christ in you, the hope of glory, that He has made you a royal priesthood, a chosen race, that you would proclaim the excellencies chosen, that you would proclaim. That the message of the Gospel and the message of the Bible and just of our Savior was that He came to save and to seek what was far and what was lost. And so we've talked about that for, for four weeks. The first week we talked about how you are a light, whether or not you realize that you are put there and you are shining and light always makes a difference and you are put there to make a difference. And we talked about fishing. Anybody remember that? Fishing? Anybody? Where I had a fishing pole on stage, talked about how I got my leg caught with the hook and yeah ridiculousness but so we talked about fishing and to follow jesus is the fish that that he tells his followers if you decide to follow me and it's not the reason they decide to become a christian or to follow jesus it's not the reason any of us ever became a christian or ever decided to follow jesus but he says if you decide to follow me here's what you got to know to follow is to fish follow me and i'll make you fishers of men so if you jump on board with this that's great and you're good to go to heaven you're good to do all those things but you need to know that you are put here to fish. The whole message of the church, everything is that you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It says that the angels look into and they marvel. Marvel. And so then we talked about last week, ambassadors. And so we talked about the message of what the message of Christianity is and how you can relay that as an, a messenger and an ambassador, how they do that message to the world around them and how the Bible says that's what you are, ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors for Christ. And so the challenge for four weeks has been that you would share your faith with one individual. That you would have a spiritual conversation with someone who you do not know is a Christian. They might even end up being a Christian. But that you would have a conversation with someone who is not or you do not know is a Christian. So, here's my question. Has anyone done it? Has anyone done it? Raise your hands high if you've done it. Four weeks. Four weeks. Okay, keep them up if you are willing to take one minute and tell us about that interaction. If you're like, I have to tell this story, it was so good. Or you're just like, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the stage, I'm not afraid of the mic. I'll get up there and I'll tell this story. Raise your hand. Yeah, come on. Yeah, hey, you can clap for that. Hey, will you tell us in one minute your name, where you're from, what grade, and tell us about what happened. Well, I'm Nathan, and I'm in seventh grade, and from Dallas. <laughs> Where do you go to school? Westwood. Westwood, okay. Seventh grade, Westwood. Okay, so what happened? So, basically, we, science class, last period, 
scored, nothing to do. This guy was sitting next to me and just trying to have a conversation. So, end up talking about God and stuff. And asked him if he wanted to come. He said no, but eh. hey. He still tried. Hey, there you go. That's great. See, that's one of the problems is we define, yeah, awesome, awesome. We define success of sharing your faith or of, of spreading light based on whether or not they either come or they make a commitment or all these things. And if you look at what the Bible says about that, he says, that's not what the job is. That's my job. I'll change the heart, Scott says. Your job is to sow the seed. Your job is to shine the light. And whether or not they see you, they recognize you, I'll take care of that. Because it, it's your job to spread the seed. But nevertheless, whether you're sharing it like that or whether you're sharing it and they end up praying the prayer or doing all kind of the lingo that we use, it's really hard, isn't it? Like, it's just tough. It's, it can be awkward. It can be either like it's like there in a moment. You want to say something, all of a sudden the moment's gone and he's gone and you're like, oh, gosh, I shouldn't say anything. You don't know if you're going to come off as rude. Who are you to tell them? They don't understand Christianity. Maybe they have a church. Maybe they are a Christian. You don't know. How do you even start a conversation like that? Culturally, it's like talking about politics. It's, it's just strange. How do you engage in this? What if, what, if it, what if it ends up going worse? What if they weren't a believer but they didn't even really care and all of a sudden because of you, now they hate Christianity and you've just made it way worse? What if you ruin, what if you ruin the whole church? What if the whole city goes down because of you? It's just hard. Right? So here's my point. Here's my point. You guys are snickering. Is it that hard? Oh my gosh. My point is this. So the Bible talks about this idea when Christ, there's a scenario uh, in the book of John, and we're, we're going to look at it in just a second, but... In the book of John, he writes out a large portion of that book is concerned with the last week of Jesus. So the last week that he was uh, alive before he died and was crucified. The last week. And in that, so like the last eight chapters is filled with all kinds of instruction that Jesus in this last days and hours gives his disciples. And it's filled with all kinds of stuff like the Holy Spirit's coming, the world's going to hate you, and, and, and on and on of these different scenarios where he just says, I need to let, make sure you know this. I need to make sure you know this. And there's this moment where he's sitting there with his disciples, and they're sitting uh, probably outside just based on the references that he uses, but he's sitting there with his disciples, and he begins to tell them about this idea of bearing fruit, about this idea of shining their light about this idea of making an impact. And he goes into this whole explanation and he tells them the secret to making an impact. And he tells them, look, it's going to be hard. It's going to be strange. It's, they're going to hate you. They won't want to listen. But you need to know this. If you ever want to make any sort of lasting impact, if you ever want to see any influence out of your life, if you ever want to be all that you as a follower of Christ are capable of being, you have to know, and you have to do this one thing. And he gives them one word. He tells them one word. And in this word, he gives all, all kinds of explanation as to why this is true. But he says, look, I, you're going to get to go to heaven. You're going to get to go do all these things. The Holy Spirit's going to come in. But you need to know this. If you get nothing else, and you want to be someone who makes an impact, this is what you have to do. Because if you don't do this, what we're about to talk about, then you'll never do anything. You'll never make any change. You'll never see anything happen in a long-lasting way. You will, will be a light, but you will not be turned on. And you'll spend the rest of your life not being full of potential, but not being 
all that you and I and they were capable of being. And he tells them this. And he gives them this scenario and he begins to say, like, it's kind of like this. Here's why this is so important. He, he kind of points up to a tree and he says, it's like I'm the tree or I'm the vine. And you guys, you're the branches. And he goes into this, this explanation. It's in John 15, verses 4 and 5. And, then, and he explains exactly why we need to remain or to stay with him. And here's what he says. After he says, look, I'm the tree. You're like the branches. If you want to be successful branches, here's what you've got to do. Remain in me. And when you do that, I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit if it's just apart from the tree sitting on the ground. It must remain on the vine. And neither can you go out and expect to bear fruit or make any sort of difference or be what you were intended and created to be, recreated in Christ to be, if you do not remain in me. I am the vine. He says it again. I am the vine. You are the branches, in case you didn't hear me the first time. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear a lot of fruit. But if you get away from me, you can do nothing and you will do nothing. And so this morning, you could almost call this conversation plugged in. That, that what I, I want to make sure that we cover before we send you out and before we, we cease this enlightened series of sharing your faith is the idea that you have to know this. In order to find the energy and find the resource for you to share your faith, in order for you to know in those situations when you engage with people around you and for you to bear fruit, to shine brightly, this is what you have to know. And so I'm just going to break down what this, this little couple verses says. And the first thing that he says you need to know is that you need to remain. I know that you're going to think being a Christian is about going to church and you've got a small group and you've got, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do this and I'm in a Christian private school and I, have, I need to make sure that I'm being nice to people and how do I share my faith and I just want to be kind and maybe they'll come to know you. And he gets on and on about this, that we just get caught up in what Christian jargon could be. And he says, look, if you want to do anything, here's what you have to do. Remain. Remain. That word remain is like saturate, stay with, be so ingrained that you're a part of. And so he says, if you want to make a difference, which you are capable of doing incredible things, seeing the world changed by you, but if you want to see it done, you have to remain. You have to remain. It's, it's like eating a steak. Is anyone, anyone steak, like, steak lovers out here? Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the girls too, come on. Oh man. Um, so when you have a steak, whenever I make a steak, sometimes it's not very good. And the times that it's not very good are when I don't use uh, a marinade. Or I don't even know if it's called it. I don't bake very often. But whenever you don't marinate it, cook, I don't, cook. I eat a lot of processed foods. Um, whenever you don't, I know. Whenever, whenever you are making a steak, if you don't marinate it, which is whenever you put it in this like sauce and the seasoning and you soak it in there and you let it sit there and it's soaked and saturated with this seasoning. Whenever you do that, all of a sudden you take a bite out of the steak and it's like nothing you've ever had before. It becomes increasingly better than just the plain meat. And so when it's saturated in that seasoning and just goodness, I don't even know what, the, it, what it is in there, but whenever it's saturated in that, it makes the flavor of that steak 
burst alive. It becomes more than it had ever been or could have ever been before it had that marinade. And that's what the Bible talks about when it talks about you and me, that if you want to be more of you and more of what you were created. Hey, stay with me. Look right here. Here we go. You have to remain saturating your life and your mind and my mind with the way that Jesus lived, the words that he spoke, the truth that he left us in that book that he said, look, I could tell you a million things. I'm God. I'm infinite. And here are the ones I want you to know. Here are the ones that I want to be written down and kept for you. And I want you to saturate your mind and your life so that as they begin to be on the tip of your tongue and you begin to be so enclosed with the way God loves, you will begin to see as God sees. And you'll do as God says. You'll love as God loves. But it won't happen unless you remain saturating your mind. The next point is that it, it is impossible, it, it, I repeat, impossible for you to bear any fruit apart from Christ. It is impossible unless you remain in Him for you to bear any sort of fruit. It's almost like, you remember when we plugged in this light a few weeks ago? And I came up here and, and did a talk in the dark, and people probably slept in the back, but at least it was in the dark, so maybe you remember it. But we plugged it in, and what we saw, oh no, this could go really bad. What we saw was that whenever a light is plugged in, and it's turned on, it makes a difference, right? Whenever a light is, is plugged, and it, oh, I can't get it in. Oh, got it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. I know. It's hot. I have icing on my boot. <laughs> I lost you on the light. Okay, so whenever a light is plugged in, right, it makes a difference. It's turned on. But no matter what, if this light is turned on and it's unplugged, it doesn't do anything. Right? It's really simple, but it's true. And it's still a light. It's still a lamp. It's still capable of glowing. And shining in the darkness. And the Bible says that whenever you don't remain, whenever you are like, you're like that lamp, where you are unbelievable and all the wiring and this incredible thing that you are capable of being, but if you're not plugged in, you're, you're just kind of there. You're not really doing anything. And that's how it talks about you and me. And if you ever want to be all God wants you to be, you have got to be plugged in. You have got to remain. You've got to remain. And the final thing that, that I looked at is that the more that you are remaining or the more that you are staying with, is that, that's what that word originally was written and meant, the more that you remain or in with, saturated, the more that you begin to flood your mind and live uh, with, as Christ lives and has called you to live, the more fruit you will bear, right? There's a relationship between kind of the closer that you get and the more that you bear. Almost like a dim light that you can keep plugging in and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Or the best, ex best example of this um, would be when I, uh, 
This is, this is kind of embarrassing, so I can't, I'm about to admit. But when I was in college, I used to, I, I remember specifically, I took this girl on a date one time. I can't believe I'm telling this right now, but I am. I took this girl on a date one time, and we went out, and it was like on campus. We had this memorial, and yada, yada, yada. There were stars all throughout the sky. And what she did not know, and still does not know to this day, is that when, prior to, I knew that we would hang out, and I knew we would end up in a stargazing activity. And so, in order to, in order to look intellectual, and in order to like put the best foot forward, girls, which some day some guy will do this with you, I researched and Googled all kinds of information about stars and the moon. So that day, whenever we're, we're kind of out there, we're looking on campus, and it's just like, yeah, this is Orion's belt, and it connects with the Saturnus over here, and there, yada, yada, yada. And she, she probably didn't know what I was talking about, and I wasn't even sure about what I was talking about. But then there were also things that I looked up about the moon and, and <laughs> just the, the differences that I could probably go into. But, but here's one thing that, that you know about the moon, and you don't need to even research it online. You don't need to look anything up, and, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it. Uh, the moon, or at least if you're paying attention in science class, you know this, the moon reflects the light of the sun, right? So the moon doesn't have, does it have light on its own? No. It reflects the light of the yeah, exactly. And so when the Bible talks about you and I, it talks about your light being not of your own, but a reflection of your makers. And not only that, just like the moon, there's times when you'll see the moon, it's like a fingernail. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like a little curve right there. And then, crescent. Oh my God. Wow. Of course, the crescent and then the half crescent and then the full crescent and quarter crescent and... and what? What? Oh my gosh. You guys are smarter than me. Um, but here, stay with me. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Hey, here's my point. The more that the moon is in location, is in position. Hey, stay with me right here. The more that the moon is in a position that allows it to shine more and more brightly. So based on the rotation and based on the way it positions itself in light of the sun and the earth, the more that we see of it on here. Does that make sense? So the more that you see it rotated in a way that it's positioned to where the light is in a maximum way able to hit it and a full moon is able to shine forth. But there are times where it will be positioned in a way where it will not shine as brightly as it is capable of being and of doing. And when the Bible talks about you and it talks about me, that's exactly what it says. You are going to be a light and you will always make a difference because light always makes a difference if you are a light. But you, apart from remaining, apart from saturating, apart from filling and flooding your life with Jesus and how he lived and all that he did, which is like, oh, another Jesus talk. Come on, give us some. But apart from that's it. I know it's simple, but apart from that, you will spend your life, and I could spend my life filling it with things that are of no significance. They're just things. And so this is huge. That you would remain. That you would be so saturated and involved with Christ. So this is the application, and this is the goal. I, I really hope this will happen. I know I'm naive. I know it probably won't, but here's what I want to happen. I want every single one of you we do something called join the journey in our body. 
Join the journey, if you don't know what it is, is that morning, every single morning they send you a devotional to your email account, or we have it online, we have it on the, on the computer screen, you can go to the webpage. Every single morning that you go to this. And so my goal is that every one of you, before you leave, would take one of these cards. You would go home, you get on our website of Watermark. Listen to me right here, this is huge. If you get nothing else, get this. You get on our website, and you would join the journey. You would get involved, and every day... This is as easy as an opportunity where they explain just a few verses what they mean. And every day you would go and you'd join us and we would begin to saturate our minds. Saturate our minds. The clearest picture I know of this is whenever I... So I went skydiving. I worked at Canacuck before and I've told you guys about that. And, and we had these things called two fours on a two fours 24-hour break. And I went on this break... Then I got the opportunity to go skydiving, which is like, it's called tandem skydiving, which is where you jump out of a plane, there's somebody attached to your back. You with me? Have you heard of this before? You know what I'm saying? So anyways, I went on this, this 2-4, and I'm, I'm about to jump, or I'm getting ready that whole day to go through it. And what's funny about skydiving is the whole time, you're like, uh, everything you're doing, your concern might be the last, Right? Like, this might be the last meal. This is the last Chinese food that I'll eat. This is the last Chinese person that I'll see. This is the last time that I'll talk to my mom. This is the last time I'll do any of these different things. And, and, and when I got, I'm getting ready and we're putting on the suit. And the guy who I'm with was like this big burly guy with a beard. And he's talking to me. And he's, he's like, oh, who, of course, is just making fun of death. Which is, you're like, bro, I've never done this before. What are you doing right now? And he's like, funny you... Into the world with probably a beautiful woman attached to you, you're going to leave it with a big burly man like me. Like, oh my gosh. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. But I, I end up jumping, and we jump out of this plane. And here's what I want you to see, and this is my point. Look at this picture. Uh, that's not me. I wish that it was, but it's not. On this picture, you see these little things. See these metal tongs? What the scariest part of jumping out of an airplane for me was not jumping, and it wasn't that the parachute would fail, it wasn't that any of those things would happen. What I was most afraid of is that I had these metal things attached. I thought they were going to break. That's what I was afraid of. I thought that I would be flooding through the air, and that brother had the parachute. I did not. And so I thought I was going to end up barreling away from him, and if I did not remain in him, I would die. I would die quickly, probably painlessly, but nevertheless quickly. <laughs> and that is the point. If you want to be a person of influence, if you want to see your walk come alive, if you want to be a person who makes an impact and is all that they are capable of being, you've got to remain. Join the journey. Come up to the stage after this is done, and we're going to join the journey. David's going to come up. I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to get on our way. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the time to come and share together. To come and talk about remaining in you. To talk about your son and his light that has shined on us. That we might shine on others. We love you and praise you for Jesus and his good name. I pray that my friends would join the journey. I pray they would saturate their minds. In Christ's name, amen.